from the basements of Jersey City, apartment in New York City and Brooklyn. We've got the canning party, guys. Welcome guys to the stage. We've got bubbles and cinnamon. You better tip those bitches. That's right, guys. Don't forget to tip your bartender. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Sarian scar night. <laughs> All our strippers have C-section scars. <laughs> have all fun C-section dances. Uh, <laughs> for the next 10 minutes. We call it kangaroo night. Mommy. <laughs> we call it kangaroo night because they got those pouches, ladies and gentlemen. It's kangaroo night at the strip club. We've got Caesarean scars and slut guts. It's slut guts. This and every Tuesday, it's Long Titty Tuesday. Get yourself half off on them long titties. Oh. It's Widow Wednesdays. That's right, all our strippers are widows. <laughs> <laughs> it's Widow Wednesday, guys. Did you want to get a wife or a wifey? Come here on Widow Wednesdays. <laughs> These bitches just lost their husband. And they're looking for another one. And there goes your intro. You're welcome. This is a new motherfucking intro. Cause someone don't want their voice on the show. So now we have a new motherfucking intro. So sit back and enjoy the fucking show. Welcome to Decoding 40. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your favorite podcast and mine, Decoding 40. I'm your host this week. This is Alaric. And I'm joined by two very special gentlemen. They go by the names of... This is your boy, L.O.Dot. Dot. There's no AKA this week, but I just wanted to remind you that if you see a group of Black people together, they're a gang. <laughs> What's up, what's up? It's your boy Vin in the building, a.k.a. Kid Coquito. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Kid Coquito's in the building. Come get your Coquito, holla at your boy. Is it Coquito season? It is Coquito season. Is Coquito season starting earlier and earlier each year? No, it's it's always after, uh, like, uh, Halloween. I start to do is it? Oh, okay. Again. All right. So is it? I thought you were. You're on uh, Mariah Carey's schedule. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty gotcha. much. She starts to sing, and then the Coquita <laughs> elves come to my house. So when we starting to do work, Poppy, we waiting. We've been waiting all year. We've been just chilling. They're not really elves. They're just homeless Puerto Rican. It's a short homeless guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like five two, but I can make I can make the Coquita with the best of them. I'm a little guy. So what's going on in your lives, fellas? actually been pretty eventful last weekend <laughs> i won't even go into all of last weekend but uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. we uh did the interview at full court studios so yeah that was fun and we got to meet our guests that you guys will hear later in this show um then we went out to drink which is still one of my favorite places but melee ensued um but that's not even the funniest and craziest part of my weekend so no. when I left you guys, I get into Uber, I get back uptown, and I leave my cell phone in the Uber. Jeez. I realize it as soon as I walk onto the sidewalk, but he's already gone. Like he's, I see him going around the corner. Wow. Wait. Right. So I'm like, oh damn. So Did I'm you try to run to catch him. It, it, my first of all, no. 
my brain was like, just stand right here. Right. And then walk towards your building. So I, I run upstairs, though. I'm, I'm on the computer. I'm trying to get in touch with Uber. But the Uber is asking me for security authentic, authentication uh, questions. And it says, or it, it lets me know that in order to access it, I have to use the code that they sent to, your to phone. my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't need it if I had my phone. A slight problem. Right. So there's no way for me to get into it. And then even with the email access, it wasn't working for some reason. So, hmm. oh, I didn't know my password. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I take a shower, go to sleep and think about it in the morning. So I get up first thing in the morning, like six o'clock. I, you know, do the Apple thing, trying to track, see where it is. And then, you know, report it as lost. And, but because I had put the phone on do not disturb while we were in the studio and never turned it off. Wow. The sound was never going to play. Right. So I'm like, you know, I am constantly shooting myself in the foot on this situation. So eventually my wife and I were headed. Yeah, I know. I needed some vibranium to uh, (laughs) track my phone. So my wife and I were uh, going to drive up to Connecticut for her brother's uh, 45th birthday party. So we had to go. We went and rented a car. So she's like, we can track the phone and see the address as to where it is based on find my phone. So we start driving around and we are literally five minutes from the location in which the phone has been resting all morning. As we pull <laughs> up, the the phone starts moving. <laughs> so I, I'm like, yeah, you're not going to believe this. The phone, so they, they're traveling now. So it turns out that they were traveling. We were on uh, Tremont. They were on Tremont, but they were a few blocks ahead of us. So we are trying to catch up to them. But I guess I think that uh, location uh, is a little bit delayed because mm-hmm. uh, next thing I know, it, it refreshes and they're on the Major Deacon. So we're starting to try to track them. And there's another location in the Bronx. So, you know, we go there and, you know, no one's there. And then um, we wound up at a garage in which an Uber driver had just dropped off his car. So I'm thinking, and my headphones, uh, the first thing that happened was my wife's phone connected to my Wi-Fi, or at least it asked, would my Wi-Fi, well, you know, Wi-Fi is available. Would you like to connect? So obviously the phone is in very close proximity. proximity. So then I put my uh, AirPods in and the AirPods connect. So I'm trying to say, hey, Siri, and it's not um, doing anything. Um, Help. Help! Siri so was like, "Help, nigga, help! I'm in the back of this cab. He's been farting all night. His ass stinks. Help, help me!" So oh, the yeah, dude yeah. asked me. I, shout out to the old dude who doesn't speak any English and just speaks Spanish. And I had asked him, you know, uh, is there an Uber driver that just dropped a vehicle off here? Okay. He had no idea. Exactly. He had no idea what I was saying, really. So, but I walked away because it was a fruitless conversation because we were just staring at each other. But he goes around the corner and talks to talks to someone else who does speak English. Mm-hmm. And that person stops me and explains that an Uber driver did just drop uh, his car off for the uh, day for at the end of his shift. Because the guy asked me, well, what car did he, were you in? I said, I don't know, Toyota Camry. He said, oh, there's Camry right here that just came in. So they literally take this Camry apart looking for, I mean, I didn't even realize the back seat comes out 
the way that it does and so easily. Wow. No phone. We're all in the phone backseat, glove compartment, no phone. So then the the another gentleman is, is helping out. He's calling this driver because he knows him. Hmm. And he's like, you know, c- constantly calling and the, and the guy's not picking up. Eventually, 10 minutes later, the guy picks up and he comes back. He apparently lives around the corner. So he comes back to the garage and he's like, what yo, you my car? no, why, why were you calling me? I was in the middle of prayer. He's a Muslim. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Now I feel bad. So he goes and looks in the in the in the car and he's like, no, nah, I don't see it. And normally he said, Uber usually calls me if somebody leaves their phone. I'm like, I can't get in touch with him. So he's like, oh, so then they go. You sure you were in this Camry? I say, I, honestly, I don't remember. And then he says, well, my cousin drives a Camry and his car is right here, too. So they have the key to that Camry. So we start doing the same thing, going through that Camry and no phone. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, the phone was in the garage hiding. But that's what it, it felt like. <laughs> and it, it, for a moment, I was like, why would y'all try to steal my phone? The phone is obviously here because it's connecting. So, um, but then I was like, why would they steal your phone? Calm down. So we were coming up to the time that my son has to um, play his uh, soccer game, his match. By the way, he scored two out of three goals, the first goal and the winning goal. Congratulations. Yeah. They're undefeated still. No, they lost two. I think their record is like 10 and two or something like that. And uh, this was a team that they played last time and beat like 10 to one. Another sidebar. There's a kid on this other purple team that the first time they lost was like laughing, giggling at his teammates saying, this is an incredible defeat. (laughs) 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 They are breaking records on us. (laughs) So on Saturday, he, he turns to his team again and says, we are just losers when it comes to this team. So, he is clearly a motivational speaker in the making. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, so fast forward, game's over. Every, we're all excited because uh, he he had a great game. We're in the Uber headed back home. And, you know, I'm thinking, OK, I'm going to just buy a new phone. And um, it is what it is. While we are five minutes away from home, my name pops up on my wife's caller ID on her cell phone. Because when you report it as lost, you can leave a message that says this phone is lost. Please call this number if found. As we're coming across the bridge that leads back into Manhattan, the woman, I'm talking to the woman and she's saying, hey, I found your phone. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm thinking she's in the Bronx. So I'm like, cool, we're just leaving the Bronx. Tell me where you are or leave it somewhere and we'll go pick it up. She says, no. I'm in Harlem, a block away. She tells me where she is. She's a block away from my apartment. Oh, wow. Wow. So I'm like, cool. We will be right there. Um, She's like, all right, just call this number back, and then I'll meet you downstairs. We get there. She she calls. uh, I mean, I call her. She comes down. I give her some reward money. And when I tell you, it was like finding an appendage and it fitting back on your body perfectly. <laughs> That's exactly what being reunited with my phone felt like. like you I mean, I just was not it. Yes. Feels so good. Yeah. So I was uh, fucking asthma inhaler. <laughs> right. In the middle of asthma. <laughs> <laughs> so got my phone back and, um, which was perfect timing because we were literally about to go to Connecticut and um, 
it, it just worked out beautiful. But and other than that, we got to Connecticut, had an amazing party. Uh, Nikimi, who obviously is a friend of the show, threw a birthday party for Jamal, who's actually co-hosted on this show. Mm-hmm. And it, it it was so much fun. And uh, it, it was it was good to... Uh, it's, it's good because you're watching someone grow with as you grow and mm-hmm. mature as you mature. So um, I'm, I'm just happy for him and their family. And they have a beautiful family. We, have, we wound up staying uh, overnight at their house and um, had some fun on Sunday, played... Uh, a game called culture karaoke where teams sing against the other team. And uh, for some reason they decided to put me and Nikimi on the same team because we are the winners <laughs> and they are the losers. But what happens is when losers get together, they conspire against winners. So that's what happened. Um, but the funny thing is my wife tried to conspire with her brother and they wanted to get all the votes so we wouldn't get any votes Turns out my wife's team got one vote, which was from my niece, who was actually on my team. She felt so, bad. She, <laughs> she felt the bad. Only reason, <laughs> the only reason we had, we wrote down all our votes <coughs> and they were supposed to be anonymous votes, but my niece wanted to make sure everybody knew that she was the one who was voting. <laughs> so when we did the tally, it was like one to four to five. Um, so it was just hilarious, but, uh, a great weekend otherwise. Uh, so cheers to being black and being young or old or, and gifted. What's good decoding 40 family. Thanks so much for listening to the show, but Hey, don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Decoding 40. I, I have to tell you, gentlemen, I went to go see. Black Panther to I don't know how they made this movie so good. It is way better than the first. And I was fighting back tears. First of all, I'm going to say Lupita looks delicious in this movie. She always looks delicious. No, 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 no. Cougar shot this where he was like... Coogler. Coogler, sorry. He... You said you cougar. Gr- I know, I did. I did. But you got aggressive as fuck about it. It's been brought to you by Kugler, nigga. Kugler. I'm sorry. It was Kugler. You're right. Yeah. He shot her in such a way that makes her skin tone look immaculate mm. and her body look crazy. She is beautiful in this movie. Yeah. You know, I never forget I, I, when I when I was at work one time, and this is when... Lapita had just did 12 Years a Slave, won the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And every. Was she, she in that movie? 12 Years a Slave. She's, I haven't seen it. She She's won the, the Academy Award for that. The, oh, really? I haven't seen that yeah. movie. Oh. She won the Academy Award for that. And I remember saying, like, how beautiful she is, because mm-hmm. she's, she's gorgeous. And this. This Geechee ass motherfucker was like, she ain't cute. Look at black ass. This Who one said of, that? Some, some Geechee ass motherfucker I work with. Ugh. And when I say the term Geechee, I mean, he's just Southern Geechee, <laughs> loud motherfucker. Mm. I couldn't believe he said, I was like, are you kidding me? Look at her. She's gorgeous. How could you not? She looks amazing. When I when I tell you, she, I don't know what they were shooting this movie in, but she looks amazing in this mm. film and from mm. every angle. It does not feel like three hours. Submarine, all that. Damn, niggas. Submariner, they doing an excellent job with Submariner. They oh, Submariner. His 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 his, na- his actual name was it's Dave- Jose Mariner. 
<laughs> His name is Jose Mariner, and he makes tequila with Jose Cuervo. And what happened was the nigga was by the water one day, and a fish ate him. And they went out to the water, and it becomes Seb Mariner. The actual name he adopts is Namor. Namor, which is Namor, which means I need more tequila. <laughs> I need more. Or it means that I have no name. <laughs> yeah, so the kids in the theater cheered. You can hear the adults, like, not wanting certain things to happen in the movie. But No, bitch! Get away! <laughs> yeah, it, 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 everybody was enthralled in this movie. And I literally had to fight back tears. I'm like, this, this movie is manipulating me, and I hate it. You know what last movie was like that? The last Spider-Man, when all three of them come together? You cried? I, no, I didn't cry. Mm. It's, don't, you had to say it like that. Nigga, I don't cry in movies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was, I was trying to not get emotional. No. I, I have not seen any of these Spider-Mans. Are you the serious? The last Spider-Man, um, the one where they have all three of them in it from the different movies, different dimensions, there was a part where I think he got emotional with Zendaya at the movie. That, that to me, was wrenching. Mm. And I know Wakanda, because the first movie invokes an emotion in you because mm. of... The plot itself. Right. Yeah. You are going to be affected. There yeah. is no way you're going to sit in that movie and not be affected. Yeah, that shit was dying, shit. No. They, they <laughs> hit heart. you, they hit you, and it's like, that was our brother and we lost him. Damn, man. And and the way they do it is in such a way that you can't help but sit there and think what an impact he was. Taking it away from the movie. Yeah. Just a human being. And the fact that he was able to have the the presence to be in this role and what it represented, particularly in the first movie, yeah, and for him to still have a presence in this movie, that's one of the experiences yeah. you got to yeah. have. I haven't been to the and we movies watched the 3D version. We watched the 3D oh, version. You got 3D and everything. Oh man, you here's the funny thing: I had to put my glasses on top of the 3D. Uh, glasses. Because <laughs> the shit was blurry as fuck. Man. It was blurry as fuck. I was like... Excuse me, do you have, do you have 3D contacts? 3D contacts for my old... I've got cataracts in my eyeballs. Can you, just, can you spray the 3D on my eyeballs? So we, my wife and I and my mother-in-law and, and our boys went to go see the movie. So my wife, my mother-in-law, we're sitting in the three chairs, all of us, double double glassed up, <laughs> watching the movie. On a on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday. Friday and, afternoon. And uh, I was like, this is the only way I'm going to be able to enjoy this because wow. it was so blurry with just the 3D glasses. Mm. So I was like, all right, let me just try this. And uh, it, it, it worked perfectly, but I highly recommend this movie. Wow, that's what's up. I mean, it, it was written exquisitely. Yeah. And it was written in a way that you know they cared about the characters, they cared about the ar- actors, mm. they did this shit right. right. I'm glad that the uh, Marvel world is better than the real world right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really am! Because I can escape to a fictional place yeah. that is, you know, merely, you know, I guess loosely based on our planet. But, mm. you know, right now, you got Wakanda... And you got yeah. The, I, I outside of the Wakanda uh, franchise, I don't really see anything in the second uh, coming of the Marvel universe because the second phase, the third phase, I, phase they're in. I would disagree with you, and well, I, I am the, not a they, big they have Captain America. Yeah, they got the Captain America. They have the Ant Man, uh, uh, Quantumanium thing. Okay, and they got uh, what's this, Doctor Strange and Spider Man still. And, and is Black Adam? He's no, that's DC. That's DC. Oh, okay. Get you. Listen. 
Yeah. Like, obviously. Brings up Black Adams in a Marvel conversation. What the fuck is this guy? Get the fuck out of this show. You can tell I am definitely not a comic book guy. He's talking Black Adam in a Marvel situation. First of all, does DC get your fucking universes correct? Thanks very much. What's crazy is my oldest would, would absolutely say that to you. And Black, who the fuck let this guy in the conversation? They actually went to go see Black Adam last week. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I heard it was. I heard it was bad. They did not rate it highly. Wow. Okay. So. And I so how did they say? They said it was bad. They said it was a stretch, and they they liked the rock, but it was like. Yo, when your kid, hold up. When the kids give a fucking perfect Siskel and Ebert, yeah. <laughs> fucking critique. Yeah, and that's what they did. You know you ain't seen yeah, that shit. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to wait on HBO Max for this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally waiting for that to come on digital. I am absolutely waiting for uh, Black Panda. Uh, Black Panda. Black, Black Panda. Panther That's been brought two. to you by yeah. uh, Uncle Nearest. Black Panda. Black Panther 2 to come on digital. I am totally buying that. Mm. Wow. You're buying it on Blu-ray? Not Blu-ray. I don't have any device <laughs> that I can put a disc in. Neat. Well, I, I and I was one. happy about that. Like I have I, one. Do you? Yes. You have a Blu-ray uh, DVD. I have a regular DVD player, and the only reason why I have it is because it was left over from, um, I believe, my mother-in-law owned it, and I found it in a box. And luckily, I had one because I, my uncle gave me a DVD that had like my mom on it and old shit like that. Oh, but okay. that's the only way I could see it is through this old DVD. But gotcha. I'm like you, I like son. You got to digitize it. Yeah, I can. I can. Ju- well, I don't even have a fucking CD burner that can. I guess burn it to a fucking regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive. I don't have anything like that in my like, house. You you can buy like uh, something, um, an attachment that can go to your laptop. Yeah, and you can rip it. Rip it up. Yeah. yeah, I might have to do that. But I have in my house right now, under my TV in my living room, I must have seven thousand CDs and DVDs. Mm. Are you serious? I- not, I'm exaggerating, but I have literal like no, I man. But fact, yes, yes, hundreds, right. and I always do with the shit. Throw it out. No, fuck out of here. Throw it out. Do I have DVDs? I'm a hoarder. I have, I have DVDs, but I do have a DVD. What are you going to do with them? Because I have like, I have like a Bose the the SoundLink, mm-hmm. and it has a DVD player in it. I I've only used. Rick it is like not throwing away times. his old porn collection. Wait, you have DVDs. a you have a Bose SoundLink? <laughs> yeah. Or is it sound like no? It's not no. sound like it's um whatever oh, whatever, you got. whatever yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the tabletop yeah, yeah, console yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you. thing yeah. Um, I would for some it. reason I interpreted Sonos when you said that. Oh no no no. Dakota Forty, the hilarious comedy podcast. Come join Vinny, Alaric, and Leon as we give you a glimpse into what men really think and drink. This podcast is not for the faint of heart, but it's guaranteed to have you in stitches. This is a trigger warning. If you're sensitive about anything, you've been warned, bitch-ass niggers. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Decoding 40. Well, since we're talking about black excellence, yeah. this Nas King's oh. Disease <laughs> 3 is fire. This is an amazing album. This is... Who is this producer again? Illmatic. It's, uh, it's Hit, Hit, Boy. Hit Boy. Hit Boy. That's his primo. He's found his primo. Yeah, he and, did, he's still, he and then on one song he teases and says, he still might do a, an album with Premiere, 
And I read an article maybe three months ago that that was something that they were going to do in the next, I think by 2023, he wanted to do an album or premiere. I mean, that would be great. That would be it. And he he spoke on his Pete Rock thing because Pete Rock is allegedly in court with him. I think Pete Rock's got some some issues going on. He's he's gotten into a lot of little beefs. But anyway. Anyway. I want to talk about this Black Excellence because this album is incredible. And I've I've gotten halfway through it. I, I, this is, for me, this is the best of the, the mm-hmm. King's Disease mm-hmm. really? series. Mm-hmm. Um, I really? Yes. You, yes. you think that's Yes. It? Yes. I, the I, first I, yeah. six, seven songs, I was like, okay, Illmatic-ish. The yeah. first King Disease, I, I, that, that is my shit. So I'm, I'm going to have to listen. I've only gotten through halfway. So I'm like, okay, let me get through the other half. But you have to listen to them individually as projects. If you listen to them individually and not as a series, mm. this clearly is the better produced and better and the better rhymes okay. on this album than I find on the first King's Disease. King's Disease is dope because it was the first time he worked with Hit Boy. So you kind of like, they have this, but right now it's like, these niggas have sharpened yeah. their tools. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To like, they got together on this one was like, it, to this one, it sounds almost, I want to say, effortless. There's there's a lot of, like, throwback to old sounds. Yes. Yeah, I get that. But with a new... You can see where Kanye and him worked together. Oh. Hit Boy was, worked with Kanye. That's how Nas found him. No, you're saying you can see where... Hit Boy... You can see where Hit Boy worked with Kanye in that they have that sound. Because Kanye... And Hit Boy work together. I would, have, I would have to know what track you're talking about. There's one where he does where he samples um Nas, 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 Nas. No, 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 no. When he samples uh fucking uh the five heartbeats. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's very Kanye-ish with the I get whole you. Yeah, you know, okay. I can I can you know, go with the that. changing of the voice. That song is fucking, fucking it is. Dope. It is, it is. And I like the, the I like that one thun. T H U N. That that one is fucking the one ridiculous. that I saw that is getting traction is the one where he references uh, the beef with Jay Z. Yeah, fun. Is that what it yes. is? Okay, that fucking song is dope. I I had to play that at least yeah. three times. Right? That, yo, Nas is fucking incredible, yeah. yo. I, I you know what I saw on Reddit? I saw someone say, if there was ever a question, who was the better between these two? King Disease Three answers it. Mm. Between Nas and Jay Z, Nas and Jay Z, King's Disease Three. Uh, answers uh, I don't I, like I gotta, stuff like that. I got I got to say, like, I don't know. I've, I've always, <laughs> I've always been partial to Nas. Because like, I'm from Queens, of course, right? And, and I'm it's from it's Brooklyn, it's, it's, so it's I'm not, probably partial to Jay Z. Yeah. I'm not. I'm partial to Nas, not just because he's from Queens, but I feel like he is. He's like every man, right? Is he? He is. How? Uh, well, how, Sway? I think he's consistently <laughs> okay. talked to, here's talk he, to our generation for 30 years. Here's how he's every man. Because he's Uchi Wally, and he's always, and he and he's always, uh, and, and, and he's and always, he, hold on, I'm trying to get my work together. And he's also <laughs> Uncle Nearest. <laughs> and, and he's also, I, I know I can be what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Right, he's every man because we got all that in us, right? Yeah. So you talking we about the flexibility, righteous, but and we his, also like bitches. are a little Uchi Wally, right? All right, but Jay Z does the same thing. No, yeah. What are you talking about, girls, he girls, girls, girls? And he saves right. girls. Girls is but not no, no. Uchi Wally. I think late. All right, so this is what this is the this is the problem we have here. 
Yeah. Okay. Nas has been that way his entire career. Hmm. Jay's knowledge phase has been since he got so rich that he doesn't give a fuck about what he says. Because that kind of started later no, in his J- career. Jay Let's has, keep it real. No, Jay is old. Jay been. became 5%-ish after he got money-ish. When he got really rich, Jay didn't give a fuck anymore. And Jay even says it. If I wanted to be, I would rhyme more like common sense, but it didn't make no sense. So I fucking been rhyming like this ever since. It's about money. Now that he has a lot of money, he don't give a fuck. And that's why he got locks that looks like, you know, a goddamn, uh, you know. I yeah. mean, sidebar, I do want to know how he grew that hair out. But hey, <laughs> so he looks like a Basquiat. Yeah, he's he does. Basquiat. He is he Basquiat. Basquiat. He has transformed himself I, into Basquiat. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I feel like Jay is over his face on <laughs> hymns, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga rubbing hymns all in his head. <laughs> This uh, episode is brought to you by Hems. I feel like Jay has somewhat been consistent since um, Hard Knock Life. Mm. Like he's he's been commercial. Mm. He's had like the ladies' jams. He's had like the hardcore jams. So I don't I, I don't know if I subscribe to that thought. I, I think that like he's, he's a drug place, dealer rapper yeah. who has evolved. I think Nas has always been a knowledge rapper who has evolved. Hmm. And he and Nas went through his jiggy phase on the second album. He Niggas did. had pink suits, Escobar. He was Escobar he went through, they all went through that because Biggie was season. the one right. who set the bar right. at that particular time. He did. Big everybody wanted to rhyme like Biggie except niggas who didn't like Biggie. Right. True. Boot camp click couldn't stand that nigga. Oh, but boot camp click was hot. Still. It's fire. But Fire. because, but that, but that also goes back to a time in hip hop when there was diversity and there was different cliques and different types of music and different genres. You had knowledge, you had hip hop, you had you, you had knowledge, you had dance shit, you had club shit, you had all that shit, gangster shit. Yeah. Now you know. I think Nas has always been an artist who's been willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. in ways that most hip hop artists aren't. But that's what I want to say. He, he, the album that he did after his divorce. Do you remember that album? Yes. What was the name of it? Um, oh, fuck. The one where he has a dress. He's holding the yes. dress. Uh, fuck. I can say the cover. Yes. I see it too. He's holding it. He's, he's holding the dress on the album cover. That was an incredible yes. album. It was an emotional album. Yeah. And it was an incredible album. And I feel like Jay-Z, he did go there with that, with that level of vulnerability after Lemonade. Yeah. And right, but, but I'm that saying was more but, of a marketing but, thing. But, but no, but I, no, but, but I'm saying, but he was, still got there yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what was that? The Carter's album? No, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm four, not four, saying four. That. I'm not saying. No, no, that. no. The Carter's album, Forever Love. Him and Beyonce did an album. Is this nigga for real right now? It's, Him and Beyonce did an real, album. I think. I'm yes. serious. I didn't know they did an album he together. Is a real person. He's a real person. Is he? <laughs> you don't. You didn't for real. I want to be a real boy. I want to be a real boy. Make me a real boy, Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z and uh, I had no idea. The Carters. I have never heard that album. Honestly, I don't have that album. I've Are you serious? I, I didn't know they I don't did have an album the, together because I'm not a Beyonce Jay Z fan. I know. I of- can do anything. Don't hell know. nah. Hell nah. I didn't know it was an album. I thought it was a Beyonce collaborator. I don't know, man. <laughs> I thought it was Lemonade <laughs> too, nigga. I, I, thought was, I thought it was Pink Lemonade. I don't know the fucking. Honestly, what? Lemonade is the only Beyonce. Uh, I don't know if I should say this on camera, but 
That is the only Beyonce project that I've listened to from front to back. I don't. I don't care. I've listened to that project. I've listened to. I think it was December four. Whatever the one that says LP. Yeah, you gotta listen to that. Okay. But I listened to the one where uh, she has uh, "Love on Top." That used to be my album. Right. That would keep me awake when I was driving from business school back to the city. Mm. So the fact that you're telling me you don't know about the Carter's album. Do you, do you know crazy. the dance to single ladies? I do. I can do it right now. <laughs> does. You, you can do it for Homo single ladies! I don't. Actually, I don't. <laughs> but, I don't. Look, but look, that vulnerability that he showed after Lemonade is admirable. I, I love that. I want to see more but of Nas that. Has done that. Oh, wait, wait, you're talking about the Carter's album. Am I talking about the Carter's album? I think so. Okay. The 444 album. album. Well, well, no, before the 444 album. I, I don't know this album you speak of. It never happened. I'm you have to universe. listen to this album. Okay. I, I, Look, I drive I to this album. And then I'm Wait, okay. shut up. No, we shut up and then I'll make one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The 444, I mean, the uh, the the Carter's album is is it's an excellent album. Okay. I got to listen to it this week and I will yeah. do that. You made us wait for that? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so my point is <laughs> the vulnerability that, that J, that's admirable. Like, I want to see that in artists because you want to see artists push the boundaries, mm -hmm. right? right? You want them to, to be so vulnerable and willing to, to make mistakes. And that's what Nas has always mm -hmm. been. Right. Because he's put out stuff that people are like, oh, that's, I hate that beat. Yeah. Nas is terrible at picking beats. But he took the chance as an artist to say, like, this is... This is what motivates me. This is what now I feel. Now he has his primo. Right. Yeah. So Hit if you think about the album that uh, Kanye produced. gets better and better every yeah. time. I hated that album. I there was only two out. There was only two singles. Was Slick that. Rick joint. Yes, I did love. Uh, I what album was that? To this day, the the one that the Kanye one that Kanye did, produced. The, the seven song. Ah, uh, that was hot garbage. There was there was two songs on that album that were hot though. It was and 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 see you know what you know the best thing that happened in that situation, Nas found Hit Boy. Okay, that's, that's the fine. best situation. That's, that's the fine. best thing that happened in that but, whole Kanye situation. But the, but the fact that Kanye was was able to produce two dope out uh, two uh, records off that album is dope. Um, like I said, I've only gotten through half of this album. The joint where he references Jay Z and the the, the I think that is Jay dope. is coming to drop an album next week because he he hates when album he hates. I don't think he not. has to. He he put out God did. You didn't like God did? I like that, that song, verse, but it's every Jay-Z song ever. No. That, to me. That can you verse, talk to your that man? Verse was can you talk to your man? man? I'm not, listen, you I'm talk not to taking anything away from him. That verse was different. <laughs> <laughs> that verse was different. You got to talk to your man. Are you serious right now? I thought it was a great verse. No. But, okay. Nas is better. Nas is better. Not, not on that verse. Nas is oh, better. Not on that verse. On that not verse? You talking that one verse against Nas? Come on. Stop it. Don't let come me on. have to go. I can pull some shit off of Illmatic right now that'll eat that shit up. Stop it. Are you smoking right now? I am not smoking. I've been drinking some Uncle Nearest okay, and had a couple squares of some fucking chocolates. Fawn, but you need to call us because this shit is working. <laughs> it does work. <laughs> You're telling me that that one verse is better than Illmatic? Hove did. Hove did. <laughs> 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 and that is big. Uncle Nearest, you get the fuck out of here, man. You're bugging. His one verse is not better than an album. I'm not it's saying not. it's better than an album. I'm just saying, you. Wh what has Nas produced 
Now he's talking himself into it. Now he's talking himself. Ahead. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's what has Nas produced? What has Nas produced that matches that verse? What? Since that verse. I, uh, again, I've only listened Since to half of the album. Verse, I've only listened less, to half. That's questionable. All right. But okay, so now you now you now you put now you put fucking uh, 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 training wheels on it. You, you didn't want to put no, training he, wheels. He said, I'm putting a frame. What on has it. Nas released since that one verse, which is Nas just put out three. an entire album, which I, is King's Disease Three? So what? I need you to listen to. Th- don't don't point sorry. at me with two fingers. I need you. Don't to listen. point at me with one finger. I need you to listen. To- <laughs> you have to look 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 look. <laughs> I will give you I a need, thumbs up. You? Politics shit. Yeah. You gotta listen to Thun. Which one is Thun? It's the third or fourth track. I've listened to it. You're telling me that's not hotter that's than better than person. God he didn't God did? He didn't listen to it. That's better than God did? He didn't listen to it. That's better than God did? You know what? You are really, no, no, wait, you are really wearing your Brooklyn time shirt out, today. Time out. And I'm is that better you. than God did? That one song? Yeah. No, I think there's a body of work. No, 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 no. I asked you song for song. I'm going to go, you know what? I got to listen to this Jay-Z verse again because I listened to it and I was like, okay. And I'm, listen, I love Jay. I'm not the, shitting on Jay. I am a Jay fan. The thing is, is that in that song, he's probably more forthright and more vulnerable than he normally is. Yeah, he is, made three billionaires, I understand. Right? Yeah, I get that. That's great. But you can't compare that to an artist who, that's his entire Catalog. Discography. That's his entire. That's enti- his entire career. I'm asking you though, is that verse? I'm gonna listen to that I, verse I, again, I, and I'm gonna listen to Thun. Does that verse? Yeah, that, I'm just asking based on what he's saying. I'm thinking compare, that that song is better than what? his verse. This verse, this he's talking. His about. song is better than his verse. Did you listen to his song? Did you listen to this song? Like really listen to it because he talks about from the beginning of I his got, career. I got literally. I got about he half. The, he ends the song with the same shit he says in the beginning. And all that shit in between is dope. Come on, man. Stop it. I don't know. I, look, I, I like Jay-Z. I like, I think he's he's incredibly tested. I'm still I, partial I, to Nas because I feel like Nas is a Nas is an artist. Pure. They're both art. artists. Yes. Nas is a pure artist, and Jay-Z is a capitalist. Oh pig. my God. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say pig. No, he's I not. I was a gonna pig. say. He's not a pig. No, I was. I, I wouldn't say that. But the, the art now comes first for Jay Z, because he has, now because he's already he, made the money. Yeah, he has. He feels like he has the ability. That's why he's walking around looking like Basquiat. First. And that's why he doesn't have to release an album. He could just do. He can do a verse. Could do a on, vignette on a college on a DJ Khaled song, and uh, you know he did get verse a year for that. I'm gonna give him that. You know what I like. You know what I, mean, what it's I like a dope about verse. That? You know what I like about that song, and I like about that verse. That his verse is thirty five minutes and everybody else is two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga Rick Ross like lemon pepper wings. When you gonna let me on the verse? Jay Z taking up the whole thing. Yeah, first of all, they totally misrepresented what that verse should have been for uh, Rick Ross. <laughs> lemon pepper wings. <laughs> I'm not a Rick Ross fan. I'm not a Rick Ross fan either. I, I listen. I like some, but, uh, some but I, I I I like the shit that he's got with Meek Mills. There, what what was the uh uh lemon pepper weed? I just hate to hear him talk. I'm like, why you got to be a phony? Why can't you just? Yeah. Why just can't? Why Boss. you can't just be a real no, but, person saying the rhymes that you say? What was the EP he dropped? 
It was around 2012. Lemon Pepper Wings? I, I couldn't tell you. The name of the EP was Lemon Pepper Wings. No, it wasn't Lemon Pepper Wings. <laughs> but he dropped an EP around 2012. That shit was so dope that I was listening to it like, is this fucking Rick Ross? Mm. He's, he's Maybach, not, Maybach music. He's a that dope shit rapper. He's like, a dope rapper. Like, he, he, when he gets in his bag, he's in his yeah. bag. Like, I'm not even going to front. When he... When he does it, he does it. But it's like the You don't even know that he thing. was on that song, though. Which one? Exactly, nigga. The Jay-Z song, <laughs> the one that we're talking about. Oh, Rick God, Ross is on the song and nobody no, talks no, no, about no. it. No, 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 no. I know he's on that song. And so did Lil Wayne. And Lil Wayne's Lil versus Wayne's okay. on that song? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. is. I had no idea. Yes, he is. And Lil Wayne's versus okay. Both of them. No, both of them are dope. They're both dope. I don't, but it, it's just not. Jay-Z rhymes for like four minutes. I just have question about Lil Wayne's skills. What? Okay. I guess I, he just developed. He just developed into the rapper he is. He did. Hey, I, early, I just have early kinda, on. Early on, I was not feeling. Early on, may, I maybe I might say once, once he kind of met Drake. You're bugging to me I right think, now. I think a Millie tur- sort of turned me to to. Little Wayne was dope before to. Millie. He might have been. I just didn't care. I didn't care for it. Mm. Yeah. Well, how many? How many card albums he got? Card of the seven. Was the seventh album? Eighth um, album? I think it's the fourth. Card of twenty five. What is it? I'm just not. I don't know. I'm prejudiced like that, I guess. What's good, people? This is Alaric. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, um, Tumblr. Did I say Tumblr? Fluor. That's new. It's brand new. Just came out. Fluke, Etsy, Pinterest, Friendster, Hamster, X Hamster. Oh, wait. That's my private account. Don't follow that. What's going on with me? Elle said that we went, we got to the studio. We had a great session. The interview was going to be, you guys are going to love it. It's awesome. Great time. And uh, what was in the building that night? It was at 1863 was in that building that night? Or 1856? Which, which? uh, 1856. 1856 was in the building. So that always uh, turns the night interesting. I remember the interview and then like the last part. (laughs) We was just kind of talking. Well, this episode, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I really have no idea what we were talking about. Really, and none, no clue. That is the clearest part of my mind is that interview. Everything after the interview interview was good. Oh, I'm talking about the conversation. I'm talking about the conversation after the interview. Oh, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's when we had already finished the bottle, and it was yeah, yeah, maybe you like to play a lot. That's that's when she got wavy. Yeah, she got real wavy out there. (laughs) You know, um, you like to get wet. (laughs) (laughs) And it was uh, Sherman Hemsley. Um, Uh, You know, then we went to you know a nice spot in BK. I got to see my man. uh, Shout out to my man Free. I ain't seen him in probably. Holy shit, I haven't seen him since probably the pandemic, before the pandemic. So it was good to see him. Uh, he DJs at the spot. And, it, you know, it's always good because I, I, we go back to, we go back a long time. Anyway, mm-hmm. 1980, nigga, so 80-something. But anyway, good to see him. Had a great time with you guys, as always. The rest of the weekend was pretty quiet. I didn't do too much. I got up today, and I, I had a good night's sleep. And then I got a text message that kind of, like, set me off a little bit, so... I was having a really kind of a bad morning, just in a bad space in my own head. And luckily, my wife was here for me. And just like, you know, we just talked through it in, in kind of uh, a moment. Sometimes you just have to release 
And it was one of those mornings and she was there to kind of like uh, uh, put the mess back together, right? Put Humpty Dumpty yeah, back it's together. Always, it's always best to release in the morning. Not like that. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it wasn't that type of release. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that type of release. So then we decided to go. Well, I decided last night we went to see uh, Black Panther today at this movie theater called the Carousels in Secaucus. And it's great because they have the recliners in there. They serve food mm. there. They serve liquor there. It's like one of those really nice movie theaters. Mm. And we got the uh, uh, w- because it was Tuesday, like on Tuesday, they have like matinee prices the whole day. So we got the Is three- that in Edison, New Jersey? No, that's in Secaucus. Oh, okay. We they have I think they do have one in Edison. Mm-hmm. We so we got the three D movies for what nine dollars a ticket, which is wow, wow. inexpensive. Like it was nine dollars yeah, because paid twenty five dollars a ticket. It was eleven dollars a ticket. Then I joined the Carousels, you know, uh, yeah, you know, super discount, club. super yeah. member shit, whatever it was. <laughs> that brought it down to nine dollars because on Tuesdays again, it's it's real cheap on Tuesdays. We caught the matinee 3D movie, which was at 3.30. When I say uh, it was an awesome movie, um, it was amazing to me how I, I didn't think they'd be able to outdo number two, but they oh, did. Boy, here comes come spoiler alert. No, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying it was a great <laughs> I'm just saying watch and It was a great movie. It was a great movie. It's gonna it's gonna pull at your strings and great shot. And Elle said this uh, about the the young woman. She is, yeah, she's the shit mm. in that movie. His sister, the woman who plays his sister, is the shit. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. Yeah, go see it. Great, well, I'm, great, I'm, great. I'm gonna go see it on Saturday. We we got a oh yeah 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 date night on Saturday. But we, I I feel like I we gotta get girl. No no no. <laughs> <laughs> what am I waste? I'm gonna waste money buying them tickets for them to annoy me or cry or sleep in the theater. No way. Oh, Rick, 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 that's the smartest daddy decision God. you made all week, I'm man. Daddy this is this is parents only. Um, we're gonna see it at the Alamo, which is similar to the theater you're talking about. Like it has mm-hmm. recliners and yeah, food. Yeah, man. And, that's and in Lower Manhattan. I don't know why I'm asking locations like I'm going. It's like, it's it's like, hold up. So I got to make a right on Flatbush, right? I go three blocks down. <laughs> then I turn. Then after that, no. Right, yeah. exactly. No, the Alamo's downtown Brooklyn. Okay. And um, yeah, and I, and I want to do it early enough so that I'm not going to fall asleep in the movie theater yeah. because oh, it I sounds like very that. comfortable. Yeah, I, I caught yeah. a five ten minute where I was just listening to the movie. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, 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 I mean it's three hours, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what? It, it's a quick three hours because it. it yeah, the, it, yeah. It, it, the movie it's not a heavy three. Yeah, right. Rel- relatively quickly. Great movie, great message. You know, he did it again. Google did it again. He did it again. Next it's time he's in uh, Bank of America, they'll hold him up longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking sure. about the police. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So stick up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to do Black Panther too, huh? Yeah, <laughs> colored movies. I hate them. Mm. Um, so after that, I decided I haven't had enough salt this week, and we went over to Olive Garden, aka Whoa. Salt Gardens. Jeez, mm. and had the tour of salt. I mean, the tour of Italy. And I had I literally ate the lasagna part and took the rest home, and. After, like, my wife sat there and she nibbled on a couple things. The salad was trash. Mm-hmm. 
and she ordered some sort of shrimp scampi or something like that. She took, she was like, I don't want to eat this. And well, I was like, well, idea was it to go there? My daughters. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, my okay. daughters. It's got to be a kid. My daughter I mean, wanted to go to Olive Garden because Olive Garden is l- literally a stone's throw from the movie theater. So mm-hmm. we went to Olive Garden and I was like, fuck it. All right, l- let's go. And because I was like, where do you guys want to go to eat? And my, my daughter, let's go to Olive Garden. And my wife was like, I don't care. Let's go to Olive Garden because. I've been to that Olive Garden, that Olive Garden before, and yeah, it's Olive Garden. We all know it's 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 not the best food, but it's not horrible. It's just you know what it is. I think because I haven't been going to a lot of those theme restaurants lately in the last probably six months to a year. We've been going to like bars that have food, or we go mm-hmm. to like lounges that have food. I haven't done the theme restaurants <laughs> with your daughter. No, 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 no. I'm oh, okay. In general. Got and my daughter, like, when we go out to eat, she, my daughter is a, a big fan of uh, Korean barbecue, Korean food. Like, okay. Asian, Asian, anything Asian cuisine she likes. Mm-hmm. So, I say that, I, my mouth immediately started watering for some Korean barbecue, but go oh on. Oh, my God. I know, right? The fucking, those wings. Anyway, so, yeah, she, we, we go to places, you, there's not really a fast food Korean barbecue joint. So, like, when we go to spots, they're usually restaurants. Mm. So it's just like, uh, it was so disappointing. My wife was like, I'm so over this whole theme restaurant thing. She's like, nothing's the same anymore. Everything has changed. There used to be, even though you knew you weren't getting the best dining experience, there was a familiarity, familiarity, uh, familiarity. Say it mm-hmm. for me. Familiar. Fam- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try. Familiar, familiar, familiar. I, why I can't say it now? Yeah, okay. I'm going to fast. Familiar, familiar. So these, uh, it, it invokes a fe- feeling of being familiar, like a familiar feeling of. <laughs> it's familiar. It's familiar. Yeah, you know, it's familiar. But none of that happens anymore. It's just you just eating a bite, a uh, mouthful of salt. So after that, we came home and uh, got ready for the show tonight. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for that. You live in Jersey. There's so much good Italian food. There's no excuse for going to Olive Garden. If you were if you lived in this in the backwoods of Jersey where there's no options and there's only strip mall food, come on, man. Mm, well, that was, again, it was, it was, you were five minutes from an Italian restaurant. Wherever you were in New Jersey. My 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 daughter made the request. This is what she wanted. And I've eaten at that Olive Garden before, and it's not horrible. Well, it's just like it is. It, right now it is because again, like I said, we haven't been eating at that. We haven't eaten at that particular one in I don't know how long. And it brings me to the to my point before I get you know I finish my checking is that every everything's not the same anymore and everything's twice as high. I, and I it's guarantee you, shitty exact same bag of boiled shrimp that you had the last time. <laughs> it's the exact <laughs> same bag of boiled pasta primavera that you had last time. <laughs> it's identical. I'm sure it is, but it doesn't taste the same. It's, salty. it's saltier to me. So that means, yeah. like I said before, I haven't been eating there at those type of restaurants. So my salt, my my taste buds are different. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this? It was so bad. I left it in the car. It's in the car now at the end of the block. And after this, I'll probably go get it because I'm gonna I'm gonna heat up that salty ass parmesan. No, don't do it. And to I'm yourself. gonna I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna finish the tour of Italy. Okay. You're gonna wake up looking like Humpty Dumpty and swallow. <laughs> Just swallow up. And that is my check. 
40. It's your boy, Murder, Death, Kill, you know what I mean, If you like listening to the motherfucking show, son, make sure you subscribe to Code of 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and motherfucking TikTok, son. Well, for my check-in, I've, I've been feeling under the weather probably since, like, Saturday. I don't know if I told you guys, but my kids have been pretty much coughing and sneezing directly into my face mm. for, like, at least a week. Back and, of germ yeah. one, back of germ two. <laughs> Seriously, it's mostly, it's mostly my son, right? <laughs> like, he wants to sit, he, he want, he's a cuddler, right? So he wants to sit in my lap. And then, you know, he'll turn to me like, hey, dad, da, da, da. <laughs> Right into my face. <laughs> mouth oh, open. Could it don't matter? Or at you right into my face. So of course I'm sick now. And um, like yesterday, I was just feeling so out of it. I I think I went to bed before the kids did. I was saying, oh, I'm just gonna shut my eyes on the couch for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Eight Famous hours later, yeah. yeah, and my my wife was just like, oh, "Just go, just go to bed, just just go go upstairs to go to bed." So I think I was in bed by like maybe eight thirty. Like, wow, body needs that shit, like a toddler and shit. So, um, <laughs> did you have your blankie and your fucking juice box? <laughs> Jinky juice box and go to sleep, Ricky. <laughs> I go to sleep. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's the flu. Like I don't feel fluish. I don't think it's COVID. I, I didn't test myself, but I I, I tested the kids before, so um, I think and I don't think it's COVID. But this RSV shit that's going—I just heard about this last week. Yeah, I was about to say I'm there's something going around. This is what I got. There's something sure going around because my man um, down in Maryland got it too. Yeah, the shit is like all over the fucking East Coast. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, her son was hospitalized for a couple of days with this. Oh wow! What is RSV? It's. Uh, uh, I looked it up. It's like a respiratory uh, disease. Uh, why? Virus. Why all these colds going for the lungs right away now? Like everything's going for the lungs. What the fuck? Everything. I, I don't, I don't, on, like is, everything seems to be on steroids now. RSV. What's this new shit? I've never heard of it. Well, well, apparently it's been around for a long time, and kids got it all the time. I don't know. Maybe they're just calling it this something respiratory something virus. Since something now they're calling it that, and I think it's. It, yeah, I think it's one of those 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 uh, news buzzwords that makes everybody afraid. But the shit's been around since mm. f- fucking forever. Because mm. yeah, before COVID, and my you know your kids were wearing masks in school, so they didn't get sick at all. But before COVID, they were getting sick all the time. They always had runny noses and they were coughing and sneezing. It happens. But now they gave it a RSV type. But I I think I think it's something because first the kids were coughing. And now both me and my wife have this little cough and I'm feeling more under the weather than she is. But, um, you know, you know what I'm concerned about? You know what I'm concerned about, Rick? I'm concerned that as a Jamaican, you haven't called your mother to make some sort of concoction that will kick that RSV out in the ass. I know, I know mom's got some shit for your ass. I was at my mother's house two hours ago. A fish eye. (laughs) (laughs) Were you? I was at my mother's house. (laughs) Nice. Or did she give you something to cure you? (laughs) She gave me a veggie patty. (laughs) She gave me two veggie patties. I bet you that's just going to cure it. (laughs) (laughs) She put some tussin in them patties. She put put, turmeric. Tussin patties. Yo, you you see the cabinet behind me, right? There is a bottle of Ray Nephew. And the label says, 
not for drinking. Rub on your chest. I got that from her. So wow. If it gets hectic, you just rub a little Ray and nephew on your chest. Opens everything Look, up. J- Jamaicans got Ray and nephew. We got Bacardi and Vicks. I think we both share Vicks. We all yeah, share the Caribbean shares Vicks. That's yeah. the fucking everybody. You eat Vicks, niggas with Vicks and everything. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. It, hopefully this thing fades away. I've been taking my echinacea and and trying to boost my immune system and but I so rarely get sick that this makes me feel it, it makes me feel weird. I think if you if you're like used to getting sick like every time, you know, the seasons change because mm-hmm. um, I know people that, that that get colds often and I I just don't really Those get sick. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully this thing, you know, passes quickly. You'd be I mean. Um, what else uh, is going just drink mm-hmm. some wolf wolf heart syrup. You'll be all right. <laughs> so um, we're in the stages of, of prepping for um, Art Basel Miami now with the Fearless Artist. And, uh, you know, everything is in full stride because, you know, we're only a few weeks away mm-hmm. from heading down there because I'm, I'm going down the day after Thanksgiving. So we've got some amazing things lined up. Artists, we have about uh, 28 artists who are going to be showing with us at the pop up gallery. We're going to be right in South Beach on Lincoln Road. This year, we're lucky that we don't have a space that we have to completely build out because normally we get in there the day after Thanksgiving and we spend a week building out a space, like completely transforming a space. And this time, we have a space that was just um, used as a gallery. The lighting is there. The walls are already there. All we got to do is relax. There's really no relax like the first. (laughs) The first. Well, I'm I'm saying like you, you, you'll be able to breathe. It's not like you got to do a whole lot of hard nailing and and painting and lifting and shit like that. It won't be too strenuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think we're gonna have way more help than we than we've had in previous years in terms of the the build out. So now I can be on the ladder less and, and direct more. And, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll get through this pretty, I don't want to jinx it, but I think you know, it's, it's definitely a, a less, less of a heavy lift than we normally have. So I'm really excited about where we're going to be. I'm excited about, um, getting back to Miami and, and doing another pop-up. Um, it's going to be super exciting and you guys got to come down for Art Basel, man. Yeah, I, I, I know you will have an amazing time. I know. But maybe next year, because we'll be we'll, we're gonna go back in the coming maybe I don't know if we're gonna do it next year, but definitely in twenty twenty four. We're gonna do Miami, but we're also gonna do Paris. So if you don't come to one of those Shame on us. Shame on both of you. And um that's really it, man. Um that's been what's been going on in my life. But uh yeah, nice. that's my check-in. Recording 40. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on the show today. This man is a real estate mogul. He's a teacher. He is, uh, I don't know if I want to call you an influencer, but because I don't know if that's insulting. Because some people don't take it well. But, you know, he's very popular on Instagram and, and YouTube, sharing a lot of real estate knowledge. 
You can find him at uh, at my best one nine seven, also known as Wellby Aselli. Welcome to the show, Wellby Aselli. Appreciate. Yes, it. welcome to the show. Welcome, sir. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate. It. I'm not a mogul, but but just make that clear. For tax purposes, in real estate. <laughs> the reason why I would speak about you as being a mogul is because of all the knowledge that you're that you're sharing with the, with folks on your various platforms. Yeah. And I mean, that is the real wealth. I guess. Um, I mean, I guess. I guess you're right. Then I don't know. I appreciate it. Then I, I guess yeah. if we if we look at that way, yeah, I've been through a lot, so I share I share my experiences as a. Uh, as authentic as possible. So, so where were you from? As far as what nationality, I'm Haitian. I grew up in uh, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. What part of Brooklyn? Canarsie, Brooklyn. Canarsie Projects, or they, or they call them Brooklyn houses. Yes, sir. We call them Canarsie Projects. I'm one of five boys that my parents had. My parents are immigrants from Haiti. Mm. Me and all my brothers were born here, and my parents strategically did that purposely so that we could be citizens. And then um, they sent us back to Haiti. I think I was maybe six months old. I have a twin brother. So me and my twin brother and my other, uh, well, the youngest one wasn't there yet, but the two brothers at the other time. So it was four of us at that time that was sent back to Haiti. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with my grandmother. So I think I was about four years old when I came back to America. So my first language was Creole. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have not been back to, to Haiti since. Wow. And um, so I grew up in uh, the projects of Brooklyn and then from Brooklyn, Moved to uh, Queens, mm. uh, Hollis, Queens, and then now I live in uh, the suburbs in Long Island. So, in the time that you were in Haiti, um, till the time you came back to the states, did you see your parents? No, they, so, you, we were, so you really got to know them at four. You started, you met them at four. I mean, I don't, I don't remember it. I don't, right. I don't remember that. But uh, my parents, uh, uh, their goal was to provide the best life for us possible. So they sent us back to Haiti so that they can work and, right. and, mm-hmm. and and get themselves prepared to have us come back and uh, be able to provide for us. So that's that's, that's how that played out. That's, you that's still a, have family there in Haiti? On my mother's side, no. Okay. My father's side, yeah, but I don't know any of them. Okay. Um, okay. You know. So you was raised by you was raised by your mother's your mother's mother. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. And predominantly me and my mm-hmm. brothers, we just really know my mother's side. Mm-hmm. My father, you know, they still together today. Forty uh, something years they've been oh, together. Wow. Um, wow, nice. That's and, what's up. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know too much of my father's side. Mm-hmm. You know, that's was, usually the case. Yeah, yeah. it's usually. <laughs> no, he's one hundred percent right. I mean, yeah. I, I just it, you say that I, I just got a text from one of my cousins on my father's side. Was like, long time cuz, what's mm-hmm. up? Like, how are you doing? Because you know, for whatever reason, you we just naturally gravitate naturally towards gravitate our mothers. Our side. Yeah. yeah, that's such a common story about the, the immigrants to America. In the separation between, their, I think it was done purposely, though. Yeah, my, my my my, you know, my father did his reasons for it, but it was purposely, I would say, in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah. Um, so because our generation, we don't do that, you know. My mm-hmm. my, my right. brothers got kids. I don't have any kids yet, but my brothers all got kids, and they're on both sides of the family. Right. Uh, so that mm-hmm. we, that that part of it, we don't play. But I don't know if that was a cultural thing. At that time, where you well, know, the, the world is much smaller now. You know what I mean, like. Back in their day, when you left home, well, my parents are from Jamaica, but when you left home, you don't know when you're going to see the, the person again because getting on a flight, I mean, we used to wear, you used to wear a suit. 
to get that's a fact right. too. Right. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Yes, yeah. it was expensive. So yeah. going back and forth is not as easy as it is now. Now yeah. you get jump on JetBlue for two. I, absolutely, my parent, my mother's side, they all came though eventually. Yeah. Mm. So every one of her siblings, my aunts and everybody, they they came. Mm. But um, yeah, that's uh. What did your parents do for a living? My mother was a nurse. She's retired now. My father was a messenger in the hospital. They both worked in the same hospital, Lutheran Medical Center, for 30-plus years. Mm. That's what they did for a living, yeah. Listen, a lot of uh, the work ethic that me and my siblings absorbed, it definitely came from my parents. Definitely, you know, they uh, stand-up people. They, 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 They did an amazing job with every one of us. You know, they were very strict. And growing up, you you maybe didn't appreciate it, but when you became your own man and became a a man with with a a level of intelligence, you appreciated what they beat into us, right. metaphorically <laughs> and literally. Right, right, right. So definitely, but, you know, I think what you, what you just said is true in that you 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 find yourself going into the going in the world and just being in circles and seeing how other people move and how they act, and you could tell they probably didn't get an ass whooping. They mm-hmm. probably needed an ass whooping. Just let, just because there's certain uh, so, social graces or energy that a person that have that grew up with Caribbean parents kind of rolls with. Mm-hmm. You kind of see you, my, things my, a little differently. My, my, my father was extremely hard. I think in a lot of ways excessively hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you guys can read it in between. But yeah. at the same time, I'm thankful mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. I'm thankful for it. And... Um, we were more fearful of my father than any police officer, mm-hmm. any principal, yep. my mother too, but more so my father who was more fearful of them. So, you know, that kept us in a lot of ways on the straight path because of that. Right. You know, right. it definitely well, did. Well, growing up in Brooklyn in the 80s and the 90s too is, you know, they he had reason to. Yeah, because it, was, it was rough. We, yeah. we, 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 it was rough. We, we saw some, some, some interesting things. Yeah, of course. You know, um, I, 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 I've, We've come from humble beginnings, man. Mm. We've definitely come from humble beginnings. So um, there's not too much somebody can tell me about a struggle. We never, we never um, went hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always had food, but I didn't have the best of everything. Right. There was no such thing as you better give me the new, newest pairs of anything. <laughs> right. You know, so <laughs> there's nothing anybody can talk to me about a struggle about um, anything like that. Where, where'd you go? Shoot, school shopping, Alexander's, ANS. Bobby's whatever the, the cheapest stuff because yeah. you know the Caribbean parents didn't believe what are you talking about Nikes and that old the, the old the old they would always bring back if you knew what we went through when mm-hmm. we were kids yeah. you know so uh, mm-hmm. but we yeah. understand it now man mm-hmm. we understand yeah. what that is Absolutely. now what kind of kid were you like you were the kid that had to keep on top of no you, no 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 we was we we my parents did well. My mother said till this day, she's like, I, my boys, none of us got in any major trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, my eldest one, unfortunately, did, but that's a whole other situation. But mm-hmm. none of us got in any major trouble. You know, we're all stand-up men today. Mm-hmm. You know, stand-up men, you know, the, the the type of men that people, the people of the world say that aren't anymore is what mm-hmm. I think me and my brothers embody. Mm-hmm. And my friends that we, we grew mm-hmm. up together that we embody, you know, and we're proud of that, you know, yeah, so. Yeah. Where'd you go to school, high school? I went to Thomas Edison, and um, yeah, I was studying to be a mechanic, but uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why didn't it work out? I didn't. I didn't want to do it. Okay, it's I, too I, greasy in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, was that the point when you realized that you didn't want to be a mechanic? That you started to think about, all right, what what do I want to be, or what do I want to do in my life? Or not at all. Well, um, 
I didn't know what I, 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 I thought I wanted to be an attorney, to be honestly. That's, mm. that's what um, I thought I was going to be an attorney from, from a young kid. I was really good at um, debating, mm -hmm. defending. So, and then, of course, being in the Caribbean, you're either going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, uh, engineer yeah. something like that, mm -hmm. you know. And I wasn't a dummy. So, you know, I figured I was going to be an attorney. And I sure enough, I ended up going, get graduated from school, high school, and then going to John Jay College okay. to start my process as an attorney. And then um, I'd say about uh, a year and a half in, I was dating a, uh, an, uh, a, a graduate, a graduate student. Uh, from that school that was going to school to be an attorney and then uh her and I her parents were affluent and um from conversing with I'm asking her about money mm. and how much money is it that an attorney makes and it wasn't remotely close to what I thought it was going to be <laughs> you know what you see on pardon me what you see on TV right. yeah um the images is always presented to you beautiful so right I'm realizing it's not like that. Right. And what it's going to take to get to that, I didn't love that that career path right. as much as you probably would need to be on that level that you want to be in. Right. So I realized it wasn't for me. So mm -hmm. um, I stopped going to college. What was the next move? Security. I started being, I was a security guard. Mm. And I was doing security for a number of years. And I was uh, doing bike patrol in, in complexes. Here in the city? Um, in Queens, New York. Okay. So I was I was uh, on bike patrol protecting people's uh my little skinny ass at the time. <laughs> shit How did that crazy. work? Um, I had a job. Yeah. You know, I had a job. But no, I just mean like New York is nicer now than it was in the eighties and maybe even. Well, it wasn't. 90s. I was doing it in a nice area. Okay. okay. All right. All right. It wasn't the hood. Okay. I wasn't in right. the projects. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> There's no security in the hood. <laughs> yeah, I was in very true. Very true. I was, very I was true. doing it in a nice area of Queens. Okay. Right. okay. So I really never had any. I was never involved in anything, but mm -hmm. you know that was my first real job. Okay. Like where I was on payroll, W twos. Prior to that. Um, I was always hustling. I was packing bags in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. um, I was just hustling to try and make money, you know? So when I stopped going to school, I was lost. Like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. I'm still living at home with my parents. You know, what am I going to do? You know, my, my father's not too happy now that I didn't go to school, mm -hmm. you know? And yo, you got to get a job. So you got to get a job. So mm -hmm. a friend of mine was doing security. He says, would you like a job? You know, I, 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 did, I went to security school. I had to borrow $25 from my mother to get the license. I got the license and then I got the job. That was the first job that I had. Mm -hmm. And then um, from that, doing that official job, then they transferred me to a, a nursing home mm -hmm. and I was doing security there. So I, I was doing security for a good three, four years. Right. I was doing security. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking for the next opportunity. But employment or uh, having a job, same thing like going to school is discipline. Yes. If you're a fuck off, <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. you're going to fuck off anywhere that you're working. Right. Mm -hmm. or, or whatever you're doing. So I've, I've never been a fuck off. I've always been somebody that's serious about it. Mm. So same way, like even meeting with you guys here, we were supposed to be here at six o'clock. I've been outside since 430. Mm. Wow. Right. So same thing with me going to work. So it didn't matter if I was doing security, even if I hated it right. or if I was doing any other things I was doing. I'm always I'm I'm going to I'm going to do my best and step up as best as I can. Mm -hmm. Right. But then at the same time, opportunities are presented to you in the least expected areas mm -hmm. when you put yourself in into the situation so i worked i was always on time 
and I befriended people that were working in there, the other nurses and stuff like that. Mm. And they, people just liked me. Mm. They said, I'm a stand-up guy, and they just liked me. And then one day, an older lady, she she's like could have been my grandmother almost, and she says, did you ever think about getting a job? I don't want to mention the company's name, but did you ever think about getting a job with this company? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And um, she says to me, do you have a resume? And if I could go back real quick about being prepared, just because I befriended people in the same place that I was working with, mm-hmm. I'll never forget this lady approached me and was like, you're such a nice young man. Do you have a resume? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't know. I've never had a resume. She says to me, Give me a quick breakdown of your experiences from the colleges and everything that you've done, where you worked, including here. I'm going to write a resume for you. She writes me up a re- She does that, writes me up a resume mm-hmm. and says, keep this in a folder. And when opportunities come for you or if you see a job you want to work at the mall or whatever, they're going to ask you for a resume. You are prepared. Mm-hmm. So what did I think the very next day? The woman that could be my grandmother who took a liking to me because I was a stand-up guy. I was a friend of her son who's much older than me. Mm -hmm. And she says, would you ever be interested in working in this place, which is a place everybody would love to have worked at? Mm. I said, yeah. She says, do you have a resume? Because I need it by 3 o'clock today. Yeah. Here you go. (laughs) Nice. And Did you get the job? I got the job. When I got the job, I was 23 years old. And I didn't know what was going to end up happening with it. I couldn't tell you what would happen 15, 20 years from now, but I knew I was going to be okay. Mm. I knew I was going to be right. And um, I started there. I started working there. And um, that's where I was at for, you know, I worked for a good while. You are now listening to Decoding 40. What's good, people? This is your boy, Vin. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. I always say, if you're ready, you never have to get ready. And relationships are everything. So because of that relationship you had with this person, and they were like, oh, I see how you move. Let me help you, right? And then when somebody's ready to say, there's a job opportunity, you're ready, right? So you didn't, you didn't have to run back and get a resume together. And um, I think that that's something that's really important for younger folks to know. I think that it's, it's, it's important for younger folks to know and I think for older folks to know because mm. a lot of them need that understanding as well. But we'll, get, we'll dig into that on what I mean <laughs> with that. So. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So how did you eventually get into real estate? Well, I always tell people that you never, you never realize the seeds that are planted in your head until uh, it manifests into when it's time to blossom. Mm. So obviously everybody knows I'm in real estate, right? And um, I think back, my initial influence being in real estate was from my godfather. My godfather was affluent. Mm -hmm. He owned um, his own brokerage. He owned a handful of rental properties. And he used to come and pick me and my siblings up, predominantly me. My family would go and visit him, but he would come pick me and my siblings up. And he lived in Long Island. Mm -hmm. He lived in the suburbs of, of Long Island. So when he would pick us up or we'd go visit, the projects and the suburbs is like night and day. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things that blew my mind is that when I was living in the projects, I tell the, the story all the time that we lived in the cold. We, there's a cul-de-sac in the projects. My parents was extremely overprotective, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So while all the other kids were able to ride their bikes around the project to go to the store and everything, we were only allowed to ride our bikes in the cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. 
and people would tease us and laugh at us because all we would do is go in a circle, right? <laughs> when my godfather would pick us up and take us to Long Island, right. I had my godbrother and his two sisters, and they had bikes, and my godfather would say, take the bike and go ride. Mm. Wow. And not only ride, the biggest thing that blew my mind was that I was able to ride in the middle of the street. Right. It blew my mind. I couldn't believe I could do that as right. a kid. Mm. And I'm starting to realize that at that age that my godfather, he was always nicely dressed. He always had a nice car, a very handsome man. How did he get into this? He was in real estate. Mm. So I re that was a seed that planted, but I didn't understand the depths of it mm. until much later in life. So um, when you talk about how I got into real estate, I started getting into real estate because one, what I just described with my godfather, but then two, I started watching the sexiness of what real estate is supposedly. Right. This is when uh, the HGTV flipping started getting crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I got that, forgot that guy's name, man. Uh, Carlton Sheets. Carlton, thank you. Mm -hmm. Late at night, would see these things. So when people are presenting to you real estate, it just looks sexy. Mm -hmm. Right. These is. people are clean. Yeah. These people don't, they, they say that you just have to do these one, two, or three simple steps and then you're going to be uh, wealthy. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to get into real estate. Right. Um, I never, my, me and my godfather, he never helped me. He never educated me or anything mm -hmm. like that in it. But that's where it initially started. So he showed you the possibilities. He, he, could show you, he showed you what could come from it. Not explicitly, but just yes, you being, it, yes, yeah. yes. Because like I said, being in the projects and then living in the suburbs, even if it's just a regular sized house, that was a mansion to us. So right. yes, mm. absolutely, absolutely. It's crazy. Carlton Sheets was at the tip of my tongue because I was going to ask you about that because I remember they used to come in like cassette tapes. Yes, and I was like, I'm just thinking now. We just open up our phone and listen to you know people like yourself talk about what real estate is or what could be. How do you juxtapose what you're doing now in terms of sharing your knowledge to what you were able to access when you were trying to get yourself educated about the real estate industry? Um, the experiences of me initially getting into this business was uh, people should have got locked up for what was being done, what was done to me and other people at the mm -hmm. time. People should have got locked up. So anybody that pays attention to me and watches me on Instagram it's partially a New Yorker in me, but I'm extremely aggressive and straightforward. Mm -hmm. And um, part of it is just that's who I am. But what happened to me at that time was just highway robbery. Mm -hmm. So what it was is that people saw me as an opportunity. So I started buying at 26. So when you talk about the education, what's happening with the education is at those times with the cassette tapes and what's happening today digitally is all the same shit. Mm -hmm. It's all the same shit. It's just packaged differently. And the presentation to you is all the same. It's in a nice box and you open it up, it's supposed to be a shiny diamond until you get into it, right? Oh, take me to 26 and buy your first property. When I bought my first piece of property, I bought it in Atlanta. What ended up happening is that I was doing a lot of talking, a whole lot of talking about what I'm gonna do. And I figured that because I read a couple of handful of books, YouTube wasn't really popping at the time, but, you mm -hmm. do, but there were certain things you could watch. I figured that by, because I watched what these people simplified online, I could do it too. Mm -hmm. I started learning the acronyms, ARVs, DTIs, mm -hmm. ROIs. Didn't understand the, 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 the definition of them, but right. I knew how to say them. Right, right. And then I figured because I practiced it enough, I knew what the hell I was doing. And I talked a whole lot. I talked mm -hmm. a whole lot of shit. Mm -hmm. Talked a whole lot of shit. 
And <laughs> what do you make it? This is in general or like to people that you're meeting, bankers, potential buyers? Who, who are you talking shit to? Everybody. Okay. Anybody who listens? Anybody that went to the supermarket. Because you went to the supermarket online. Like. No, because that's the thing. Everybody knew about me even till this day. Welby's going to talk to you about real estate. Okay. I, if I care about you, <laughs> if we cool, somehow or another, a conversation of real estate is going to happen between us, right? But at the time... I looked the part, I sounded the part, but I wasn't the part, mm. and I got tested on it. Okay. So what ended up happening is a gentleman that I'm, I'm, I'm still good friends with today heard me talking to a group of other people that were my coworkers at the time talking, and I was just talking a whole lot of shit. Mm. And I heard him at the, from the background, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he completely embarrassed me. Yeah. But he's. <clears throat> He he was like a big brother to me, mm. and then I was like, man, damn, why would you why would you say that to me? Like you embarrassed me in front of people. And he says, mm. man, I've been watching you. He's from Grenada too. I've been watching you, and you all you do is talk shit, talk shit. You gonna do this with real estate? You gonna do that with real estate? When the fuck are you gonna do it? So you know what? You're right. That was in October of two thousand and four. Mm. October two thousand and four. I called up my twin brother. I said, yo, I'm going to Atlanta because everybody was going to Atlanta. Right. Right? I'm going to go to Atlanta and I'm going to buy me a piece of property. I didn't know who I was going to talk to. I didn't know where I was going to buy that. I didn't know mm. nothing. I asked a couple of friends, could you introduce me to a realtor? They met, they have a, a, a realtor friend. They introduced me to the realtor. I flew out to Atlanta. Me, my twin brother, went out there mm. on Thanksgiving week. And I said, I'm not coming back unless I have a property on the contract. Sure enough, a couple of days later, came back and I had me a, my first four family property under contract. Wow. Mm. You went straight to the top. You, wow. you weren't fucking around. Man. So walk us through that deal. How much did you put down on that? How did you find when it? When I bought that property, I bought that property when they were giving people mortgages as long as you had a pulse. Mm. Wow. All right. <laughs> so this is super subprime time. I had a, I had the subprime mortgage. Mm. I had what they had called 106% financing. Wow. Which meant that I didn't have to come out of pocket a dime. Wow. So they gave me 80% with one bank mm -hmm. and then the other 20% plus the additional 6% for closing, right? Uh, Jeez. There was a high like here, so. <laughs> so that's how I bought that. This before 2008, of course. Yeah, it's 2004. So go back to what I talk about yeah. where <clears throat> the people see me coming. Yeah. When I went up there and I said I want to buy a property, the realtor that I was introduced to was just presenting me properties. And they would present me properties. I didn't understand how to fact check anything that she said to me. Mm. She just told me that this is what it is. And she gave me a whole bunch of representations. And what I did with the New York big city mentality attitude right. is that's all they want for this property. Man, if this was in New York, in Brooklyn, I'd have paid triple that. I'll wow. buy it. It must be a deal. Right. I didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. Then she lied to me and told me that this four unit property, you can make condos out of them. Oh. What happened is that she saw me coming. Yeah. You understand? This is what I want to all these new people out here investing. I'm not trying to scare you from getting into this business. I'm trying to tell you, you need to educate yourself on this business. Right. So the real, the you, oh, so you think you know this business? Yeah. You said I got ROIs, ATVs. Here's how you get caught. When anybody would experience, they just have to have a conversation with you short, for a short period of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they throw you certain things, you don't know how to catch it. Right, right. Then they know. 
So then what they do, they then tell you what you want to hear. Right. So she told me what I wanted to hear, what mm-hmm. I needed to hear. Not, not what I needed to hear. Yeah, so Welby, you can make this four family into a condo. Impossible that you could have done it with that. It's a four-unit property. It's not a building. It was a right. four-unit property. Oh, Welby, you could rent at least $1,000 a month for mm. each, which right. meant the property would produce $4,000 in gross income. Right. Oh, Welby, I'll have the contractor for you, too. Oh, and introduce no. you to the contractor. Introduce <laughs> me to was that the brother? Robin's mitts. <laughs> contractor was a cousin or something? Somebody. Greg mm. and them. So running down the numbers, I bought uh, the property for $220,000. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what it was worth. Right. Oh, but wow. I bought it for $220,000. In 2004. In 2004. Yeah, they got you. Okay. <laughs> bought the property. The mortgage on that property was going to be $1,800 a month. Right. But the property should make four thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I had money because I saved up money. Mm-hmm. Hired me a contractor through her to do the work. I didn't know how to manage. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to vet. I didn't know how to do anything. Right. I followed what somebody else put me on to. Right. Contractor told me it's gonna cost me X amount of money to do the work. He said you're gonna start working. So here I am because I'm from New York. I'm a big city guy. All right, I'll be back to see oh. what's going on with my product. Not to him. I didn't say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the mentality right. I had. Left and went back home. How much time has months, elapsed? Come back maybe two months later. Oh, the guys wow. BSing me about work, BSing me about certain things, about whatever. Right. And I ended up spending, sending him tens of thousands of dollars. Finally get over there and work was done. But he might as well have left it the way it was originally wow. because it was worse than what I first started out with. Wow. So he got my money. The realtor got my money. Mortgage lender got my money. And here I am. I got a property that wasn't done, so I'm scrambling trying to find people. Right. Trying to find people. I find I started hiring people when Craigslist was really popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were robbing me too, right. beating me. Right. Trying to do the best that I can. I had heating issues, electrical issues. I didn't understand the concept of that. Right. Wow. Fast forward, property could never be a condo. Best case thing I was ever able to do was to rent the apartments out for five hundred dollars a month wow. each. So you, so, so you covered the mortgage. So you covered the mortgage barely. I have a property manager. Oh, property oh. management gets ten percent. Wow. So I was in the negative. We're not counting the water bills. Right. We're not counting the other. Yeah, because you're not charging the heat water down there. It's just you no. Know, you have to pay for your water bill and other oh, yeah, stuff, right, maintenance right. and stuff like that. So I was in the red. So long as the people paid their rent, we're not even talking about that. I was in the red. Four hundred, five hundred dollars every month. Damn. So. I'm, I'm fighting now for this property, and I owned the property for a good three years, mm. four years maybe. Now, what's the next play? Like everybody's telling people to do today. Yo, you have to refinance. Mm. You have to get out of this property because you have an adjustable mortgage, mm-hmm. and you have a second mortgage. You have to refinance. Right. My, so two years later, three years later, I refinanced. When I refinanced, I tied the mortgage, the, the closing costs into that. So now the mortgage or the principal balance went from a 220 to a 240. The mortgage went up. Mm-hmm. So now I owe 240. And if you pay attention, everybody in the equation got paid except for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So now the situation got even worse. Kept that property for another number of, I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head. Come around 2008, 2009, I'm financially wiped out. Right. Yeah. Financially, I'm tapped out, literally. I had to come up with a tough decision because now I moved out of my parents' house. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for a family now. Right. I'm paying a, a, a rent where I'm living, and I have an apartment building with tenants that are not paying rent. 
with property managers representing to me that work was being done to find out it wasn't done, but they charged me for it. Right. I'm talking about thousands of dollars, which people don't like to talk about today. Yeah. Damn. That happens. And I had to make a financial decision, either the property or my life. Right. And I had to make the toughest decision for me. I had a 700 credit score, proud man, not even 30 years old. And I had to decide not to pay the mortgage no more. Stop paying the mortgage, collecting what rent I could until it ultimately ran out to the point of foreclosure. And I didn't save up much money. Right. They ended up foreclosing on that property. That same property I bought for 220, refinanced for 240 that I never made a dime with for the four years I owned it, got sold at auction for $60,000. Yikes. All right, so I owed Chase Bank, <sighs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. I owed Bank of America, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I owed, I owed Capital One, tens of thousands of dollars. I got wiped out. So here goes a guy with a 700 credit score now to a 530 credit score. My life is over now. Mm, right. My bank account's zero. Recording 40. When is the Phoenix moment for you? When you rise again and you say to yourself... The, the, my Phoenix moment happened three times. Mm. I got wiped out three times in this business to zero. There's nothing nobody could talk to me about, nothing. Mm. You can't stun on me and show off to me about nothing. So when I got that wiped out, I got back to working, hustling, working. Saved up my money, saved up my money. At that time now... It was similar to what was happening two years ago where you could throw shit on the wall mm -hmm. and sell a property. I was doing work in New York, buying properties, crap properties, just slap some paint on it. So a lot of people were looking like superstars, similar to what was happening with this COVID situation when people were living for free and throwing crap to the wall and they were selling. I was looking good too. Mm -hmm. Putting properties on the market in New York, selling them, making 100000 80000 And what do you think happened? The market changed. Right. So it's easy to eat when the money comes in easily, but I was never tested. I got tested and I got wiped out again to zero. That happens when you're holding properties and you're, are you talking like cash poor or these properties like the value? When you say cash, when you're saying cash poor, I'll get wiped out that by the time everything was all said and done, mm -hmm. even if I sold the properties, I sold it at a negative and I got um, wiped out. Okay. And if you looked at my bank account, I was negative. X amount of money, literally, yeah. wiped out to zero and I had to rebuild myself up again. Fucking okay, again. So this is the second time. Are you saying time. to yourself, not a fucking again? That's it. Not again. And then here's the thing. Um, I finally, uh, by that time, me and my brother, was I was hustling. We started selling cars. Me and my brother had a, a car dealership. I was getting on, going on Craigslist, buying cars that were beat up, fixing them because I had a friend that had a body shop or whatever, or getting them detailed and putting it back on Craigslist and selling them for $1,500 more than I paid. Right. Just hustling to get my money up. Mm. Hustling to get my money up. Working my nine to five, hustling, getting my money up. By that time, I would say it was around 2015 or so, somewhere around then, I decided to go back to Atlanta again and flip a house. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna buy. So I bought me a property. It was in Duluth, Duluth, Georgia, yep. 2726 Cardinal Lake Drive. Is it uh, something? Like, I can't. Remember. Something out of yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing that number tonight. Yeah, <laughs> 2726 Cardinal. Something, something like that. So, anyways, went out there. Now this time, now when I was flipping this house, I said, you know what? Um, I'm gonna follow these up uh, th this process to flip this house. Mm. 
So I found a property. I did certain things, which we could talk about in more detail a little bit. Uh, and I bought the property right. I knew I bought it okay. right. After buying the property right, the next thing I had to do is figure out who's going to repair it. Mm -hmm. I got introduced to somebody that, some, that I know that told me that this gentleman should be able to do it. But I didn't fact check it. Started working with this person, but then when I was working with this person, I did it in a manner of how I protected myself to do work. When we started working on the property, he's working on the property for a number of weeks now, but I paid cash for it this time. I was I saved up that much more money for me to be able to do this. Mm. Paid the cash for it now. I was projected to make at least, by the time I recouped all my money, rehab money and everything, I should make at least sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on this property. Right. Long story short, the guy was a disaster. Didn't know what he was doing. Quality of the work that needed to be done because I found out later that the property had a fire and prior to me buying it, wow. so given the fact it had a fire, the city was involved because there were certain violations oh. in the city that I wasn't educated enough to fact check. Right. To make sure. So that by the time it was all said and done, it was a disaster to sell that property. Mm. When it ended up happening, I finally sold that property and I sold that property and took a loss of $60,000. Damn it, man. We got to stop it here, but check in next week for the next episode of Decoding 40, where we continue our conversation with Welby Aselli, a.k.a. at my best 197. My father said to me, Welby, you done with this? And I was like, nah, nah Yeah, I felt that. I got it, man. Yeah. I said, I got it. I know what to do now. There's nobody in this industry that's taking this business supposedly to scale that do not take losses often. Mm. It's just the nature of the business. Right. Yeah. And then you're going to let these other people dupe you to saying, don't you want to do it for your kids? Mm. You don't like steak? You don't like a, a nice lobster? He doesn't I actually like steak. don't like steak. You don't like a nice cabbage? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Tune in this and every Friday via your favorite platform for a new episode of Decoding 40. Go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. But don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40, <laughs> goddammit.